You are now tuned in to the December 26er podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er fam. Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and this episode features Delijah Franklin. Delijah is a dancer, performer, and self-proclaimed obsessive life giver. She loves to inspire and help women of color dream big and reach their goals. Delijah's been a dancer and mover her entire life. After graduating from The Ohio State University with a BS in nutrition, she moved to New York City with her heart set on becoming a professional dancer. It wasn't until Delijah dropped into a fitness class at a gym that she set her sights on a new goal in a new lane, pole dancing. Today, Delijah's goals have turned into a reality. She's been pole dancing for well over a decade and teaching pole all over the world. She's been a champion and top scorer in multiple pole dancing competitions, and she founded Black Girls Pole, an organization that aims to provide a platform for women of color to embrace their bodies and express their own unique individuality. Now, you may be listening to this intro and making snap judgments about who you think Delijah is. Trust me, you have no idea. So take a listen and please enjoy. Delijah, welcome to the December 26th podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for coming. Yes, how are you? I am great. Good. A little tired. So we, this has been a running theme with Demarcus and me, like all summer, that we're just exhausted. But there's been good energy today. It's been a good, yes. Okay. Good, so, good, good. so I feel like good in my spirit. Got you. I feel like I've got my second win. I'm gonna be done by the end of the day. Completely done for. I'm feeling good. Good. Um, excited to talk to you. <laughs> I'm excited to be on. I'm excited. And I'm excited because your name is Delisha. So I mean, it's like Delisha and Delisha. Yeah, exactly. I'm exactly. Totally it it works. It, it works. works. And I, I feel like we need to do like some other duo thing now. I know we do. Yeah. People actually sometimes call me Delisha, mostly because I think they're being lazy and mm-hmm. not like reading my name. Right. But, or know. maybe they think it's like Khadija, like something like pronounced the Isha's <laughs> pronounced that way. I don't know. I get Delisha, Delilah. Dahlia. I get Delilah too. Yes. Which is just odd. Just but like, Demarcus gets Damascus, DeMarco, quite a few things. Damascus. <laughs> that is a hell of a name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's biblical. Some people, he gets that a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So I, I understand. I yes. feel your pain get for it. sure. Yes. So let's get into it. Okay. Who is Delijah Franklin? That is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still trying to figure that out, mm-hmm. of course. Aren't we all? Right. Um, I've been called an obsessive life giver. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes I think I'm like starting to take that one in my in my wings. So I would like to say obsessive life giver, um, creative dancer, mover, artist, lover, friend, dog mom. <laughs> All of those things, I think, kind of just makes up who I am and still figuring out the journey. It's, still, it's a journey of mm-hmm. Delijah Franklin. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And little known Black history fact about this show, which started as a blog, the original name had the word journey in it. Really? Yeah, originally. Yeah. And mm. then there's a reason why I changed the name, which maybe one day I'll reveal. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, it, is, it is all about the journey. Got you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It, de- it definitely is. So life, this life has been such a journey. Yes. Living in New York City has been such a journey. Um, <laughs> that in and of itself. <laughs> right. Is, that's uh, a whole nother yes. episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think that's, that's me. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with the obsessive life giver piece. What does that mean? Like, and, and how did you come to be an 
obsessive life giver. Someone gave the, that name to me because it was actually my boyfriend. And he was like, every time I see you, you're always like, you can be amazing. You can do anything you set your mind to. He's like, you like tell this to like random strangers on the street. Like you're obsessed with like really trying to speak life into people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it came from. I, I, I just think I believe that everyone has a calling and everyone mm-hmm. can find a passion and everyone has something that they can contribute to their lives and contribute to other people's lives. So I'm like, I will be the catalyst to help you figure this out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but there's nothing like just planting the seed of, you know, having helping somebody tap into the life that they could live. Yeah. So I feel like to help other people tap into that that space, um, you've had to walk that journey yourself right? to, to get there and creating the life yes. um, that you want, a life that serves you and, and feeds your spirit, et yes. cetera. So take me back. What was your upbringing, upbringing life? Because how did you get to be this really super positive, <laughs> life-affirming person? Got it. Uh, so I'm from Ohio, mm-hmm. grew up, born and raised in Ohio. Um, I was the token Black girl always in the all-white school. Um, so I think a little bit of that also just started to help me to realize like, okay, you are different, you know, and just seeing how other cultures and other people just function and how my family function was like, oh, this is different. And my mom was very like, you're not one of those little friends over there. Like that is not who you are. And, you know, so always having that that backbone of my parents to help me really be rooted in who I am uh, was one thing. And then was always a dancer, um, been a mover, dancer, gymnast, cheerleader, dancing, Tennis, track, everything. I was that kid uh, growing up and always tried to excel and dance mostly. So when I was graduating from high school, I was like, I really want to move to New York City or I really want to move to California and pursue this dance life. And my mom was like, go to school. (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) I was like, but I can be a dancer. And she's like, after you go to school. So went to Ohio State. I'm from, went to the Ohio State University. Oh boy. Yes. I wish I I would have like paid more attention to that before this. uh, Because... Y'all go crazy. We do. Ohio State fans are next level, for sure. Yes. And I'm not even there, but, like, I will scream, like, OH in the middle of the street if I see somebody wearing Ohio State apparel. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just in me, you know? Um, So go Bucks. But went to Ohio State, danced. My degree was in nutrition, exercise science. Uh, Really started falling in love with, like, the body and Mm -hmm. anatomy and all of that. And then... I could not wait to get out of school because I wanted to move to New York City and be a dancer and um, did all of that. Like 10 days after I graduated, my parents were like, you should come home, relax. I was like, no, I'm going like no money in the pockets. Just, you know, the the struggle of the artists in New York City. Um, Got to New York. It was hard. (laughs) No, really? (laughs) I'm still here. Shocking. (laughs) Right. 12 years later, um, dance, did work study programs. You know, I was like cleaning bathrooms, cleaning toilets, um, taught children's gymnastics because I had the background of it. Parents helped me out a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mom and dad. Um, And then my friend one day, about a year into me dancing, um, she was like, we should try a pole dancing class. And I was like, pole dancing? No, I'm not. I'm not trying to to do the pole dancing Mm -hmm. thing. So she was like, no, let's like really, really try it. So I was a member at Crunch Gym and we tried a class and it was like, this is my calling. It was really? so crazy. Immediately. Yes, like immediately. I was like, this, what, how has this not been introduced to me any sooner? You know, and I was 23. I was 23. Um, and since then, it's just been pole dancing. 
my life has literally been pole dancing. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting um, because often, you know, I read the bios and do the, like try to do a little bit of recon on our guests mm-hmm. um, before they come on. This is not what I thought the story was going to be, right? When I saw that, like, you had studied nutrition and all this other stuff, I was like, oh, she probably went in, like, a very traditional path as it relates to, like, exercise science mm-hmm. or the body or advising people on um, diet and things like this. And then maybe she picked this up as a hobby and at some point sort of transition. I did not expect you to say that you were like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. The degree was to appease my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I did end up, I ended up falling in love with like nutrition, anatomy, and just like health and wellness and everything. Um, but I never really like worked as a nutritionist. I did personal training. I am nobody's, per- like I am 1000% group fitness all day long. One-on-one personal training was like pulling me down. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I literally didn't even get to work in my, in my degree. So it was like, Dance, 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 dance. So, okay. But there there are many different things you can do with dance. So when you came to, to New York, what was your dream at that point? I wanted to dance for Justin Timberlake <laughs> so bad. That's like before he became Man in the Woods, Justin yes, Timberlake. Like yes. when he was at the height that of, was you know. like, my love, <laughs> my love. That, that was that. Was that. Um, so bad. I'm 5'1". Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake is very tall and his dancers tend to be a little bit on the taller side. Okay. You know, going to all the auditions and I did the auditions. I did the agent. I did the dance company. I did the trainings and everything. And um, pole dancing was what pulled me. And that that was my dream. Like Justin Timberlake, I auditioned in front of Janet Jackson, like all of those things. And then it was like, Elijah, you're really about to walk away from hope, potentially dancing with like artists mm-hmm. and being on tour and all of that stuff to do pole dancing. So it was like, it's that moment of when you're like, God, I really want something. God's like, OK, trust me. I'm going to mm-hmm. take you down this this lane, but you got to like trust. And I was like, all right. So it was as clear as day. One day I just woke up and I was in a dance company and it, it was the clearest thing. It was my literal aha God moment of like, OK, you're leaving that to really do pole dancing. And I was like, OK, OK. And, you know, once you make that up it, or once you make that up in your mind and, and you trust that that's going to happen, you kind of are just sitting there like now what? Mm-hmm. You know, because that was before I like started the Black Girls Poll. That was before I was making money doing pole dancing. I wasn't even teaching, but it was just like, okay, so now what do I do? And I, you know, sit and twiddle my thumbs and try to figure it out. So yeah, which we're gonna get like all into <laughs> yes. Black Girls Poll and all and all that stuff. What year was this that you first attended a class? Two thousand eight. Okay. Yes. All right. So it, it, I think it's more pervasive today and like people know that pole dancing is a thing, but back then, I don't know if it was as popular. So I want to talk about that evolution as well. Yes. Um, but even though it is your former life, we do have folks who listen to this show who have aspirations to get into the arts or the entertainment um, when they, they want to move to New York and do the whole thing. Right. right? The, the younger subset who listens yes. to the show. So how did you find an agent and make all of that happen? Because people feel like the barrier to entry is so high that they can't even get that far. Right. I actually remember my my cousin actually being like, how do you get to New York City? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what you you can drive over the George Washington Bridge, you know? So I think that um, outside people that are not 
that don't know about like New York and the culture of it mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like this foreign land, yeah. you know? So I think just taking a visit one is like, just come to New York. Um, and I have told several people this, you have to make New York City want you. So it's like, cause there's a million dancers, there's a million singers, there's a million artists, there's a million everything. You have to do something to make your mark on New York to make sure that it doesn't kick you out. Cause the city is really rough. It will it chew will you chew up, you up spit you out. And like then kick you and then like bring you back to be like, oh, we can play a little bit. And it's like, no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the city is not with this. Sh- mm-hmm. um, and so um, getting here, it was like, you had to be hungry. So I just took dance classes. I did work studies. Um, like I said, I cleaned the toilets at Broadway Dance Center. I was trying to to intern with other choreographers just to kind of like get in there and see. Um, and then auditioning. So audition is the scary part. You, I auditioned for an agent, um, you know, and then had that agent. And then you just have to be hungry for it. Like always be in their face. Like I'm going to an audition. I'm open to go to this. Keep your headshots updated. Keep your resume updated. Um, and now everybody is so lucky now like Instagram wasn't popping you know so Instagram can be your your tool if you really want it to be you can use social media to your advantage you know and just start dancing start moving but don't make sure it's bright make sure you know there's so many steps of how to make yourself seen now I think that there's no reason that you shouldn't be seen absolutely yeah so what was the transition for you like coming from Ohio? I've been to Ohio. Interesting place. <laughs> um, first, I drove I drove through there once on the way to somewhere else, on the way to Minnesota, which is even more interesting. Um, but like spent one night and I was like, this is bizarre. I was in like some small town. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then uh, a few years ago, I went back for a wedding to Cincinnati, which was better. Right. But was I was still like, OK, then. So to go from... Ohio. I've been to Cincinnati one time. It's and you and you grew up <laughs> and there. That says yeah. that speaks volumes. Yeah. Right. So to to grow up there and then stay in Ohio for school and then come to a place like New York, which is so diverse. And you're by no means a token. Right. Um, I don't know what the racial makeup is at Ohio State, um, but everybody I know that that went there except for Eddie George, doesn't look like us either. So, right, (laughs) right, right. um, So there's that piece. So how was that for you coming to a place where you're in a competitive space, but you saw you reflected your complexion, It was a culture Mm -hmm. shock. Um, Even going to Ohio State was a culture shock for me. And that, whoa, because Ohio State is very, very, it's a PWI, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was a culture shock. And then New York City, it like, it took me about six months to like be like, wow, like I'm in a seat and I can see other black people. And, you know, and growing up, I thought for such a long time that I was like awkward black girl because I'm like, I don't know how to like act around black people. (laughs) As weird as that is, but you know, you're around white people all the time. So it did take me a, a, a minute to like adjust to that and be like, oh, you're Oh, we're like friends. Oh, <laughs> we're actually friends. We're actually friends. <laughs> you know, so um, th- there was that that shock. It took me time, but I was also, I've just been hungry. I was so hungry to be in this in this city mm-hmm. that I didn't care what happened. So I, I did everything that I could possibly do to just be in this space and in this city. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So you, you start to get settled here. Yes. Parents are helping out. Parents were helping. Doing all this stuff. Friends were visiting. Yeah, okay. Figuring out yeah. the city. I knew I wanted to live in Harlem. Lived in Harlem. Um, actually had a horrible experience because my 
my roommate that I had totally like screwed me over mm-hmm. ended up getting evicted. Oh, gosh. I know because he he decided to like go to Prague for like six months and was like, I'm going to help pay rent. And I'm like, no, you can't help pay rent. You have to pay your portion of the rent. So that happened. Had an eviction on my record. So then I was like hopping around from apartment to apartment. You were doing the couch thing. I was doing the couch thing. I was mm-hmm. doing the um, sublet thing. You know, all of that stuff. My apartment situation. I've lived here for 12 years. I've had... Nine apartments. Oh, gosh. Nine. And people who, like, (laughs) don't live in major cities also don't understand, like, just how cumbersome. Yo. Finding a place, moving, like, all of it. They don't understand the broker fees here. Like, it's a whole situation. Situation. It is not just going to your, like, local big apartment complex and doing the $1 down for security deposit. They're like, we want first month, last month, security, your parents' social security, (laughs) your unborn child. Um, do you have a dog? What's your dog's social security number? It's like, they want everything just to, to be here. It's it's crazy. And then when they know that you're a freelancer, they often ask for additional guarantees yes. and whatever. My mom was my guarantor on an mm-hmm. apartment. They want like, they want stubs, like pay yes. stubs from like 1927. Right. So um, that's another thing. Like you, you need a little bit of a cushion mm-hmm. to come to New York or you need a friend that doesn't mind you staying on their couch. But then that gets, you know, I've stayed on my best friend's couch when she was like planning her wedding. She turned into Bridezilla. I was made of honor. I was like, you're crazy. (laughs) We're going to figure this out. I had to go because I was like, I just, I can't, you know. So yes, the couch surfing thing Mm -hmm. is real. The sublet thing is real. Getting evicted is real. Um, I was a squatter in an apartment. Wait, what? Yes. I had an apartment. This was, this was actually two and a half years ago. My apartment now is marvelous. I'm never leaving. But um, (laughs) I sublet an apartment and the girl was like, yeah, it's totally fine. You could sublet, do the things. These are like New York City horror stories. She had roaches. It was dark. Her her cat pissed all over the floor. It smelled like cat piss. All the things were happening. I got rid of the roaches. I got rid of the cat piss smell Um, because like my mama didn't raise me to yeah, no, live with. We don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't do that. She was of a lighter complexion. You know, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> just saying. And um, when I got ready to like take over the lease, the the people called me and they were like, so you're not supposed to be in there. Um, this is illegal. We don't allow subletting. And I'm like, she, I've like, I've been in this apartment mm-hmm. for like six months. And they're like, no, you have to leave immediately. So then my friend AKA my roommate, AKA she was like, no, no, no. My line sister is an attorney and she does all of this stuff with uh, New York City apartments Mm -hmm. and stuff. And she's like, you can stay there as long as you need. So I squatted in this apartment for like three weeks. Which is also very New York. Very New York. (laughs) I wasn't like slumming it out. Right. Like I still have my bed, my dresser. You weren't like, living every- in squalor. Yeah. Right, I was not. Because um, mm-hmm. the apartment was really nice. It was like exposed brick, like all the things. Um, And they kept trying to kick me out. And they, but they knew like, well, squatters rights. So New yeah. York City does protect squatters, which is very scary. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was a squatter. Now I live in a great, beautiful apartment. So, which, which speaks to the fact that you've been very successful in this journey, yeah. right? And so, but take me back to like 2008. So before you came, I was telling a story as we were prepping yesterday about the first time I had heard of pole dancing as a thing, it was like classes and stuff, mm-hmm. was probably 2000, early 2010. Okay. Um, so the receptionist where I was working at the time, was like, oh, you should come to my recital. And I was like, a recital? You in tap dance class? Like, what is going on? And she's like, no, pole dancing class. And I was like, girl, okay. Like, so for, at the time, I thought, 
I had no idea what it was. I thought it was like something that women just did to like reconnect their bo- to their bodies and be sexy and like, okay, like great. Like I'm not coming, but that is great for you that like- <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> that you're going to have, um, and she also was into some other stuff. Like I won't put her on blast. Oh. I hear that. I was just like, does it all go together? But anyway. Your best life. Um, exactly. <laughs> so th- that is the first time that I heard about it. And then okay. over the years, I saw it really pick up steam and notoriety as- Yes, a way to reconnect with your body and and have great self-image and right. all those things, but also as an amazing workout. Yes. But that happened over a number of years. Yes. Like, so, and also, she was Black, though, but, like, I didn't know any other Black women, like, right. until I didn't meet another Black woman who, who was into it until, like, three years ago. Okay. Um, so that's a, another piece, right? So for you to say in 2008, this is my calling, this is what I want to do. And also you were doing it at Crunch. Yes. Right. So a class at a gym, yes. not at a studio that just did right. this. Start to walk us through the journey of like how you go from having that epiphany to now this being your main gig. That's a long. Okay. It is. It's, it's meant to be like right. a long story. Right. right. Um, Crunch was amazing. The, the Actually, it's funny because the teachers that were, the instructors that were teaching us were probably only like six months more advanced mm-hmm. than we were because we were all just learning this together. You know, some were exotic dancers, some danced in strip clubs, and then they just kind of <laughs> oh, all Oh, for like, real? They yeah, were like, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I will never, ever take away that because mm-hmm. it really came from, yeah. you know, the club. Um, and... So we were just all kind of learning together. And then one girl actually was like, I'm going to open my own studio. She opened a studio. It's called Body and Pole. That's where I actually teach now. Um, And it started as a a room in the back of a yoga studio that you had to walk through. Like Mm -hmm. you're stepping on people doing chaturanga to get to the back room. And there was like two poles. And... That was like our little space, you know, and then people would have like little pole parties at their house and stuff. They would put up one of those like little minx pink poles that was like, don't don't buy one of those. (laughs) But um, and then uh, it just kind of evolved. And then the girl that started the studio, her name is Kira. She was like, well, I want to like do a pole dancing show. And so everyone was like, "Okay, let's let's see how this goes. So she combined like pole dancing with burlesque and it was such a hit. Um, And then the next one was like a competition and I entered that competition. I was probably a year in, if that, uh, to pole dancing, entered the competition, got third place um, and then was like, oh my God, there's like competitions, like there are things. And it it was hard to, because YouTube was, I mean, YouTube is still really huge, but if you YouTube like pole dancer, like maybe like six videos came up. So we're all trying to pull from these six videos. One girl was like in Australia, you know, some, some of them were in the club and it's like, I'm trying to learn from like these videos. It's dark. It's not the image is not clear, but you we still just had the passion for it. Um, and YouTube quality was like really janky boo-boo. back then. It was boo boo. <laughs> right. Um, and so it just kind of evolved from that. So then more competitions started like popping up. So people were like, well, I'm going to have this big competition. It's going to be like East meets West or North and South competition. Uh, so there started being like competitions. And then USPDF was United States Pole Dance Federation. Yes. Was like the huge competition. I was like, I want to be in this competition. I never got to do it because the year that my one of my really good friends, she actually won, um, it like stopped. But from winning these competitions, you got like the notoriety of it and you got the, you know, the clout for it. So she was able to tour all over the world from wow. winning this competition. Um, and, you know, so then I started like doing more competitions. I uh, 
would I would win competitions. So with winning the competitions, be, you get people calling you from mm-hmm. all over the place. Like, hey, can you come teach um, in Switzerland? You know, can you come teach in South Africa? So from that, I've gotten to teach in Switzerland, South Africa, Paris, uh, you know, like wow. all over the place, London. Um, and in and, and all of that, the, the training is what's amazing because you're training your body to do things that you never thought that you could do. You know, me having a gymnastics background definitely helped because um, I kind of have that no fear thing about me, but it's it's for any and everybody, you know, like you just have to be disciplined and you just have to be consistent with it. And um, I had, I always had so much fun because you get to create, you know, you get to create a piece. And the cool part about it with me was with pole dancing, I was like, this is cooler for me than being a backup dancer behind someone. Mm-hmm. I like to be center of attention. So I'm like, I'm not behind Justin Timberlake. I can just create my own space and create my own stage and lay the foundation of my own choreography and stuff. So that was the beauty of it that I really got to see my artistic side really come alive. Um, yeah. And then just got bigger and bigger and traveling more and more and teaching workshops mm-hmm. like all over the place. There's probably not a city that I cannot, that I can go to that doesn't have like a pole studio. So anywhere I go, almost in the world, I can like hit them up, be like, hey, I'm coming from New York City. My name is Delijah. I teach at Body and Pole because the studio I teach at is, it's like world renowned. Mm-hmm. Um, can I like teach a class or can I hang out with you? You know, I've done that mm-hmm. in multiple places. And it's just the community of pole dancing has grown so much from like just being like little back studios that people were kind of of like, oh, it's a, it's a pole studio, but you have to knock three times on the door right. because it's like blacked out and we don't want anybody to know what it is. It's not a secret anymore. And that's the cool part about it. It's fitness. It's it's fun. You can you can be sexy. You can choose to be athletic with it. It's all athleticism, but you know, yeah. So what do you say to like, because there we have listeners across a number of different demographics. Yes. So in here in, you know, New York City, someone tells me that they teach pole. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm right. just, oh, fine. Cool. But talking to like um, the aunties, right? Yes. Or the uncles who may listen to this show right. who like are deeply steeped in church or yes. something. They they don't really get it. Like right. they don't understand what this is. Right. Especially when you start talking about like it started with people who were in the in the club. In the club. So, yes. but it really has evolved into a fitness movement yes. as well. Is Absolutely. that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm such a church girl. Also, yeah. my boyfriend's actually a pastor. Really? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. we're gonna get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, uh, it's like my my mom said once. Somebody said something to my mom, mm-hmm. and my mom is very old school. You know, they were like, uh, "Well, how do you feel with her <laughs> pole dancing and all of that?" And my mom was like. If you look at any of those girls that are doing volleyball, that are doing gymnastics, you know, on the beam and on the bars and stuff, just flip the bar vertical. They have the same amount of clothing on. Like, it's the same amount of athleticism. And she's like, and my daughter feels amazing doing it. And she's great at it. So I can't take that away from her, you know. Um, But I would say to be open minded about it Mm -hmm. um, because... And again, my mom had, a, you know, she had her reserves on it <laughs> until she actually came and like tried to do something. And she's like, oh, my God, this is it's hard. Really hard. And she was just like, I understand, you know, um, because it's it's a it's a it's a love that you just have for it. So I would really say to be open to it. I'm not telling people to go try it, mm-hmm. but really be open to it. And when you watch it, don't watch it for the sensuality of it. Watch it for the athleticism of it. Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah, and the art of it because it's such a beautiful art, I believe. Yeah, and I think too sometimes people who are like, "What is this?" are thinking about like clips from Magic City. Like, it, of it, course. It, like, and I love Magic City. Like, I absolutely <laughs> love Magic City. I love KOD. Like, I love those places because every woman can be appreciated for where mm-hmm. she is in the, in this journey. You know, so it's all it's all beautiful to me. I love it. So I'm gonna completely detour since you brought it up, and then we'll come back to the business. How does a pole dancing instructor end up in a relationship with a pastor? <laughs> the same way that I go to work is the same way that he goes mm-hmm. to work. You know, uh, it's 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 been awesome because he's so supportive, like beyond supportive of it, and he he's even like pretended to try. You know, um, but it's just. The way that I support him is the way that he supports me in all of this. And he's like, he knows like some of the moves and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, is so-and-so going to be teaching at one of your retreats? You know, um, but yeah, our relationship is is very, it's a really healthy relationship just because we both support each other in those, in the things that we do, the polar and the preacher. Are you trying? That sounds like a BET Black question. (laughs) I'm sorry. People have actually come to us. The polar and the preacher. That sounds very much like a reality show. Yeah, they've they've had, they've tried. Three or, three reality shows. Or a low budget movie on a cable network. Budget. The Polar and the Preacher. With the whole other plot. Not oh, like that. a not like a healthy right, relationship, but, like the, but yeah, the something other side else. Of it. Right, right, right. Um three times people have approached you about a reality yeah. reality show. So why why have you chosen not to do it? Because uh, I don't know. I feel like it would taint the the image of us, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Maybe one day. Maybe if it's the right one. If like Oprah's like, I have a spot for you on. <laughs> if own rolls <laughs> right, through. If yeah. own rolls through. Cool. Bravo. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But not, you know. So I don't know. Not like VH1 though. Or, or <laughs> right. Because I don't want to be desperate housewife. Yeah. Baller wife. Any of mm-hmm. those weird things. So, okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. That's a whole, we can have a whole conversation just on that, right? But is is your boyfriend like a pastor in the traditional sense where like you could potentially be a first lady or is it yeah. much more? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is actually very fascinating. It's a different, different generation. Which I appreciate yeah. because we are, we are evolving. Right. It's an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, his members know and like, <laughs> they're like, get a girl, you know, not all, but, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That is great. Thanks. Okay. So you start competing. You start getting invited. At that point, are you still making money other ways and like no. kind of piecing it together? Or you're literally it like... It was literally like pole. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of that, the way that it kind of evolved into what I do now was like, um, you know, you always want to see somebody that looks like you do the thing that you love to do. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time finding women of color that were pole dancing that were not just in the the club. Because mm-hmm. I was like, there has to be women out here. I want to connect with women. I'm always trying to be like, hey, black girl, right. hello, black girl. You know, so um, there was a few, like a handful that were really great and that had excelled, but that was like it. So I went to the owners of Body and Pole mm-hmm. and I was like, so I think I want to create this event, a one-time event. And I think I want to call it Black Girls Pole um, and just have black women dance and have a show and have classes offered and just kind of have like a Q&A of what the pole dancing community needs and how can I do that? And they were like, absolutely. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when you want something and you're like, yes, and it's going to be like this. But then when someone's like, you should like, here's the space to do it. Yeah. You're like, 
oh, I like really have to do this now. Right. So I just started an Instagram page, had no idea. I remember the day that it got to 100 followers and I was like jumping for joy. <laughs> like there's 100 people that want to follow mm-hmm. this. Um, So I had this event uh, five years ago in New York City at Body and Pole and it sold out there. It was like probably like 150 people in the studio watching the show. I had called people um, from L.A. and just from Texas and they were like, yeah, we're, we're down for the cause. I was like, I can't pay you because I don't. Sorry, but they're like, we don't care. We're coming to support this. And then from that, after the show was over, so many people, it got a lot of, you know, it got a little bit of press. Um, But people were like, so when's the next event? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this was it. (laughs) That was a one and done. This was a one and done. And that's Black Girls Poll. And like, maybe I'll post Black Poll dancers when I see them. And maybe I'll start this hashtag. And it was like, cool. Um, I went to Switzerland after that and was there for a month teaching and uh, training and, you know, just traveling all over Switzerland, um, teaching and then came back. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do one more event just one more event and I'll do it in uh, Atlanta. Like I'm going to go to Atlanta. We're going to take a trip to the strip club. We're going to do the whole like black girls pole experience. Mm -hmm. Had the show sold out, classes sold out, everything happened. And I was like, oh, this is like really a thing. And then I kind of just sat on it. And I remember I I actually said this on my podcast, but um, I goes back to like the obsessive life giving. I was like, um, I read this book by Jack Canfield called The Success Principles. Mm -hmm. And in it, you had to like write down 100 goals that you want to do. And one of them was to have fitness retreats for women. I had no idea what that looked like. And I had wrote that. um, I written that in 2000 and like, nine. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, I was like, well, I think I want to have a pole dancing retreat. And it's so funny that you go back and you look at your goals and things and it's like, oh, I wanted to have a pole dancer. I wanted to have fitness retreats for women. And now I am having pole dancing retreats for women. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's never the package that you think it's going to come in. It always looks different. Um, so we did our first pole dancing retreat in Miami and it was a huge success. It like sold out in like two days. And um, from there, we've done Miami retreats. We've done Bermuda. We've done London. Next year, we're going to Brazil. Mm. Um, I'm leaving for London on Tuesday, you know, so it's just like grown into something that I never thought it would. I have ambassadors now that are from all over the country that teach in different spaces. And yeah. <laughs> and what I, what I find beneficial about this as well, not just from a fitness perspective and connecting with your body, um, because be clear, you need a very strong core. <laughs> Dude, this strong is, everything. Yeah, this is, this is, you were right, strong everything. Yes. This is not for the faint at heart yes. at all. Um, so, you know, outside of all that, that stuff, but promoting acceptance of one's body. Yes. Especially... For black women, you know, in spaces which were dominated and probably still are um, by white women as well, when our bodies don't look like that. Right. Um, So also that being being open um, in that way to accept yourself. Right. This is me and I deserve to be in this space. And that's why I think Black Girls Poll has taken off the way that it has, Mm -hmm. because so many people just on a daily basis are like, thank you for creating a platform that I can see myself. Thank you, because representation matters Mm -hmm. so much. And I'm able to love my curves more because I see another woman that has curves. I see another woman that has a butt, that has thighs, you know, that can do these things. And they're like, if if Delijah can do this and I'm like, you know, body type that I am, then I can do this too. So it's like a beacon of hope for other women Mm -hmm. from all walks that want to try it, but might be scared, but they feel better trying it because they see another Black woman next to them. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that I think we don't talk about a lot, but it's valid, is that particularly in the Black culture, when you do grow up 
a church kid and all that comes with that. And then you come into womanhood. Yes. And you enter a relationship or a marriage or what have you. All this stuff is so repressed. Yeah. That you don't know how to be free. Right. You know, so that to me, I think this speaks to that. Too. Yes. I feel so confident mm-hmm. and so comfortable in my body and so free to say the things that I want to say, to express how I feel, um, you know, with my body, with my sexuality, with all of that, just through pole dancing. It has mm-hmm. literally been like wings for me. It's been such a freedom thing um, to just be able to have the confidence in myself and stand tall and be strong in who I am. So, yeah. So how do you impart that to other women in these retreats? What does it look like? So the the retreats, so mm-hmm. there's usually like two and in, two instructors, including mm-hmm. my, or two instructors plus me. Um, and I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of journaling. Um, we do a lot of like circle time, you know, like talks and stuff. So it is, there are like a lot of kumbaya moments, I guess Mm -hmm. you will say, um, just to know that you're in a safe space. There's a lot of like free dance movement. um, And then there's a lot of training, which is like the pole. We put the shoes on, you know, you, it's the whole experience. Um, But I think the, most of the time women have like their breakthroughs is when you, they're journaling to themselves. Cause Mm -hmm. I always have them like write a letter to yourself, you know, um, of where you are right now and where you want to be five days after this retreat is done. And I I think that it just gives them that like outlet to just be able to write it out or be able to speak it out. And then they have the option to like read this, you know, to everybody. And it's just so supportive. It's it's so much love there. And it's like, Mm -hmm. girl, I got you. Like we're here together on this journey, you know, and it starts with because each retreat has like 14 women starts with those 14 and then those 14 go and tell other people. So it's just a trickle effect that is really cool to mm-hmm. to witness. Yeah. So I have been to London. I've been to Switzerland. You know, I've been to some places where, especially Switzerland, it was, you know, it's... it's Black Girls Pole was not in Switzerland because yeah. I was like the token. Yeah, so that's my <laughs> point. Like you go there, you you teach. Yes. Um, how are you perceived in those environments? They love me. Mm-hmm. As weird as that, like, you know, sounds, but they... It's it's a great, I don't want to say culture shock for them mm-hmm. because that's so like, you know, but it's, they just love it. And I think outside of not even just being a black woman, but just women in general, it's like something I can do that I'm not being judged on. And we're just all in this together, finding our sexy, finding our courage, finding our strength, finding who we are. So their pole dancing really can just bond women together. Mm-hmm. Men too, because I've had men uh, instructors at my retreats. Okay. And um, just of like really discovering who you are. Yeah. So, so you're doing this from a very ground place um, with and putting a lot of amazing values out into the world and getting people in shape too. Let's yes. you know, be clear. Um, but we know the world that we live in online. Right. Right. So you are also marketing yourself and your brand and putting images out there. Yes. What do your DMs look like though? Oh my God. Because <laughs> that's got to be a whole other story. Like you're this like... People are yeah. weird. That's what I'm saying. Like you're this church girl and I, I saw that you had... Um, post something about fasting or yes, what have you yes. going on a fast and all this other stuff. So like you're living this life. This right. is your work and what you do and what you're passionate about. God, but people, like, I'm sure there are people who are on your page not for that. They're not dudes, for the woo-woo. Dudes like slide in the dick pics and you're just like, bro. So yeah, I, I figured. You know, um, you do get that. You get like the creepy, weird fetish people that are mm-hmm. like, 
I really like your feet. And I'm like, you're okay. Cool. That is your, that is live in your truth. Like my feet. Cool. But we're not having a conversation. Um, you know, so you do get like the creepy McCreepsters like, mm-hmm. oh, can you dance to my video? Can, or can you dance to my rap song? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was, a, I knew it was a few rappers. At least. Oh, of course. I knew that. Absolutely. And I'm just like, no. Maybe for like $500, but chill. There's a fee for this, you know, like, no. Um, But mostly for my page, because I, I, I think because of how I dance, um, it's usually a lot of women that are just like, oh my God, I'm really inspired to, to try pole dancing. Mm-hmm. So, and I've, I have friends that do get like a lot of pics and I'm thankful that I, I don't get them as much. Um, <laughs> Thank God. But I, I, yeah, I think it just, it comes with the territory mm-hmm. and you, you could, you just delete it and just keep it moving. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten, I've also gotten people um, that are like, why does it have to be about race? Like, why can't there be white girls poll? And I've been like, there is white girls poll. You are <laughs> living in white you girls turn, poll because yeah. everywhere you go, you are the majority. So there is white girls poll. But if you want to start it, go ahead, do your thing, you know? Um, but that like, that was like the first year that it happened. And then people started. And then I really had to be like, this is not about like being exclusive. This is not about that. This is just a safe space for us to be ourselves mm-hmm. and to feel comfortable and there are just certain things that being in a white, all white studio that you can't tell me, like you can't teach me right. that if I have too much hair product in my hair, I'm going to be slippery on the pole, <laughs> you know, like right. stuff like that happens. And I've had girls that come in with like locks and they, you know, hair and stuff. And I'm like, you have to pull your hair up because you have oil in your hair. Like I rock cocoa butter when I pole dance, but that's because I've been doing it for so long. But you really shouldn't wear like a lot of lotion because mm-hmm. you will be a slippery fish off the pole, you know. Um, but it's like there are certain lotions that we can wear on the pole. But it's like that's why I'm here is for women to, to know those things. Mm-hmm. It's not to be we're only black girls, but it's to be like, I, I got you and I can help you with this. And it, it's interesting to me that we'd still in 2019 are still. in this space where like... Why are we saying still forever? Right. It, it, Unfortunately. That we're having this conversation right. like, right. why is there a Black History right. Month? Why right. is there this? Not realizing that you, dear, are the default. Right. There doesn't have to be a concerted effort for you because right. the knee jerk is to go with you. So the fact that we're still and we're always going to be having it, having yep. it um, is can be disheartening. Yes. You know, so how do you maintain your positivity in a space that is still dominated by the other and you're trying to, to make these waves and, right. and blaze a trail? Um, a lot of times I like will like throw my phone across the room because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I can't. There's too much engagement um, and it's just too raw sometimes to just have racism and to have all of these things like in your face. So a lot of times I will just push it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other things like I, I'm again with the obsessive life giver, it's like, well, I'm going to continue to make platforms for black women mm-hmm. to, so, because I want you to know about this woman. So right. it's like, that's why I created my podcast, the black girl fit files, which is highlighting women of color in the fitness and wellness industry that, you know, are at the top of their game. And then, um, yeah, just always giving us a, like a seat. Mm-hmm. Always. I will always try to give us a seat somewhere at somebody's table, at our own table somewhere. Right. Like always. Yeah. So you've made an appearance on ABC, at least one that, that I <laughs> Yes. Um, how did that come about? It's so funny. My friend that went to the Ohio State University with me. The Ohio, the Ohio State, State University. He worked for uh, Good Morning America, mm-hmm. moved to New York and hit me up like called me randomly. He's like, oh my God, what are you doing tomorrow at like 5 a.m.? And I was like, bro, (laughs) 
What do you think I'm doing tomorrow at 5 a.m.? He's like, okay, can you come to Good Morning America and be on the Strayhand and Sarah show? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, okay, put that on hold. I was like, you got me all excited. And then you say, right, put this you on drop hold. That right, you drop that. Right, you drop that. And he's like, because they have another girl that uh, we're waiting to hear back, he, uh, hear back from. He's like, my, the producer is waiting to hear back from somebody else. So I was like, all right, fine. I had to go teach that morning at Body and Pole. And when I walked in, the studio owner was like, what are you doing tomorrow at 5 a.m.? And I was like, what? Why is everybody trying to, like, <laughs> nothing. And she's like, okay, can you be on uh, the show tomorrow teaching pole dancing to Kiki Palmer? And I was like, yes. So then when my friend called me back, he's like, I just found out that it was you that I was waiting to hear back from. He's like, so you kind of like double book this. And I was like, cool. So that's kind of how that happened. And this, <laughs> and why, why I asked about that is because... You know, we we've even spoken about it. It's so hard. You know, you're, you're trying to break through. This city can, you know, spit you up and eat you. Right. Any, anything that you're trying to do, um, especially if it's non-traditional, it can be hard to break through and right. get those opportunities. Um, but there's something to be said for directing so much positive energy towards your passion. Uh-huh. And what can be birthed out of that. Yeah. And things can literally fall into your lap out of no. And, and it's like it's all conspiring. Right. right? Yeah. To, he, you're, you're thinking he's waiting right. for someone they're else. They're waiting for me. And they're literally waiting for yes. you from two different angles. Yes. Um, and, I, and it doesn't happen. So you had that feature when? April, I think. Of this year. Yeah. You said in 2008 yes. you discovered that this is what yeah. you wanted to do. Yes. And the reason I'm highlighting that is like, you know, 10, over 10 years, right. 11 years later is because we think like, okay, I'm going to put all my energy into this. And it's going to come tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to have my big break. No. Or often, and I've had these moments where you'd like have this thing where it's like kismet and you're like, this is it. This is the thing that I'm going to do that's going to get me on television. Right. Or, and does, it's all kind of building blocks. Yeah. Right. But the yes. irony is that the opportunity came from somebody you knew from school. Right. Like before it, I was even Yeah. Before you even, even this. Yes. Um, and, and I think the lesson is to just have, find gratitude for the opportunities that come. Yeah. And build on them. Absolutely. And make the most of it and knock it out of the park. Yes. Knowing and having the expectation that something amazing that I didn't even have to work that hard for, but really I have worked for for but years. Really, but like, yes. yeah. But that moment yeah, yeah. was so, you know, simple for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will, I'll like say this is like, um, I wrote, I write down all of my dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I speak them out loud. And the church that I go to, it's like, speak your dreams into the universe because yeah. that's the way that the universe makes space for you. Because because of me saying this mm-hmm. and actually giving it frequency and giving it waves, like there is something out there that is moving for you mm-hmm. and it is being like done in that time for you. It might not come tomorrow, but it's coming. Right. You know, so the more I speak it, the more I, I feel it. Like I feel it in every cell of my body that mm-hmm. the things that I want to happen can happen. Right. You know, like I said, I wanted to go to Africa. I went to Africa. You know, it's like I, I said I wanted to to dance and be a pole dancer and known around the world in this community. And I'm known around the world in this community because that's I spoke it and I believed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... The other funny thing is I, <laughs> this is really funny. And whoever's listening, you should really try this. I have interviews with my, with, with myself, but like with Oprah. Oh, I'm, oh, I have my answers ready, honey. You're right. not the only one doing that. I, right. I get that. Yes. yes. So mm-hmm. I, I 
literally will sit like I'm in the shower or wherever I am and I'm actually talking like out loud and mm -hmm. pretending that Oprah is interviewing me. You know, will this happen? I don't know. But when you start to speak things out loud and you say things out loud and you practice the motion of things, you've read the book, The Outlier. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. he, the there was one part where the, the gymnastics coach had them practice this um, award ceremony after mm -hmm. every practice to know what it felt like to be on that, that on that platform yes. and win that gold medal so that when they did win the gold medal, they had already done it before. So it was like not a thing for them. But it's like your your brain can't really like know the difference between you practicing something and, and actually doing it. So mm -hmm. it's like, why not have this interview with Oprah where she's like, so you're doing all of these things, Elijah, <laughs> and you're just all over the world and you're doing everything. How did you do that? I'm like, well, Oprah, let me tell you, you know, and I have you have those ready. So it's it's you're just meeting. You're waiting for your opportunity, but you're prepared mm -hmm. for it. So it is really when preparation meets the opportunity. Right. And when you speak that into the universe and it makes space for you. And also understanding that like timing is so important. Absolutely. And and often, you know, you may feel like things are delayed, but it needs to happen at that time because it'll set off ripple effect for something Absolutely. else. Absolutely. There are all these things that have to come together. Yes. At the right time, in yes. the right moment. And it doesn't feel good. We're human beings. Right. Like sometimes I'm just like, okay, right. like, when's the next big thing? Yeah. Um, but there is a lot going on. And one of the things that I always say, said on the show, I'll continue to say is that I wholeheartedly believe that God wants good things for us. Absolutely. So it's all working out for it you. Is. It absolutely is. But also too, understanding that it does lie in the tongue. Like you, you've got You've got to believe and you've got to speak with confidence yes. Yes. that it's going to unfold in the way that you yes. expect. Absolutely. I 1000% believe. Yeah. So <laughs> it, and it's hard. And our, friends and I, we often joke like how if you spew negativity out, it feels like that comes back. Like it does <laughs> right away. It's no, like, it does. What, you know, quickly. What, why can't the positive stuff that I say happen, but let you get on that negative train? Right. And you're like, oh, <laughs> my train is delayed. Oh, like my train. I, there was no train for me this morning. Mm -hmm. And it is because I was like, I'm going to be late. I'm going to do this. And I was like, negative, negative, mm -hmm. negative. And then, of course, I got to my train stop and there was no train. And I was like, OK. So, yes, it never it fails. True. It never fails. That manifests in real time. It does. <laughs> it really does. It really does. But yeah, the, the patience. And I had to practice this, a reminder all the time, because I am so impatient. Mm -hmm. I'm so impatient. Um, But it it plays a big part in it. It's just being patient. Yeah. And, and, and embracing the journey that you're on, because... Whatever it is, like life is waiting for you and somebody, somebody is waiting for you somewhere to just show up and be your greatest self. Mm -hmm. Like, really, I believe that. So speaking of showing up and being great, describe or tell me about a time when you had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Now you're trying to act like I didn't prepare you for I this know. question. That's a hard one. When have I had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day? Oh, God. Perfect. Okay. Um, the blackout just happened. Mm -hmm. And that was the day of the Black Girls Poll fifth anniversary show. Mm. Right. And for people who are like not in New York, who don't understand the magnitude of this blackout, like Broadway was dark. J-Lo's concert got canceled. J-Lo's concert yeah. got yeah. canceled. Mm -hmm. I mean, got canceled. <laughs> got canceled. Canceled um, and canceled. Right. Yeah. right. At Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. like blacked out. I have a friend that is dancing, that dances with her, mm -hmm. um, that me and him used to actually dance together back in the day. And he's like, baby girl, I see you, like live your whole mm -hmm. life, you know. But um, I, people were like, 
couldn't get there because there was no trains. And right. I really just had to like step in, make executive decisions to be like, okay, it is what it is. If we're dancing in the dark, we're going to get some candles. We're going to light this up. This The show must go on. So I, you know, I just pulled in the resources and I just really had to stay positive with everything um, that happened. And the funny part about it is that the blackout stopped. It was like dark all the way from like, uh, Upper West Side all the way down to 30th Street. That's where yeah. that's where that stopped at the blackout. My show was happening on 27th Street. Oh my gosh. So it was like God was like, JLo. <laughs> but Delijah, JLo, you're you gonna boo. be okay. You got insurance got you, for this. So, like God was like, Delijah, I got you in this. And I really just had to tap into to that. Like really just be like, okay, this is gonna be okay. It's gonna work. We're gonna it's gonna be extraordinary. And the show was phenomenal and everybody just stepped in and did what they had to do. But I really had to, I think my extraordinary came from just being like okay with yeah. whatever happened. Which is so hard when you are a visionary because it's like, you know how you want this all to play and you've been seeing it. Yes. You know, you're imagining it and it's going to like, be this. this. person's going to yes. be there and this Ex- is going to happen. Exactly. And then when life throws you those curveballs and you feel like you are not in control. Yeah. It's a moment to exercise surrender, which mm-hmm. can be hard though. Because you can't control it. Yeah. I cannot mm-hmm. control a citywide blackout. Right, right. Yeah. And, and nine times out of 10, Really 10 times out of 10, it's going to be okay. Like, I have to remind myself that, like, nobody... If this doesn't happen the way that I expected it to, it's still going to be fine. Like, nobody's going to die because, you know, this didn't unfold in the way that we planned. You know, I have to remind myself of this constantly. Constantly. It's a constant reminder. Mm -hmm. It will be okay. Yeah. Move to New York City. It will be okay. It will. You know, for the young young dreamer. And I I feel like even, like, podcasts like this, Mm -hmm. like... The things that I had to go through were so that I could give the testimony to somebody Absolutely. else. You know, like there is there is a girl right now that's like in finishing up college, probably on the same path. That's like, I want to do this, but I'm a little scared. Like, just just do it mm-hmm. and just don't be afraid to. Fall. And also like being OK with um, it's something Demarcus and I talked about in the previous episode, making those choices and being OK that your timeline might look different than someone that took a traditional path. Mm-hmm. May have mass more than you more quickly. Absolutely. You know, is more comfortable and settled in a sense yes. because they did make that choice. But is that person getting the opportunity to go teach in Switzerland right. for a month right. or appear on, right. you know, Michael and, you know, all this yes. and, and all yeah. that other stuff. So, um, so it's being confident to know that like my journey may unfold differently, but the end result could be a life that some other people could never imagine. Right. Yeah. You know? Yes. I definitely feel truly blessed. Like mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So where do you see Black Girls Pool going? Um, continuing to to get women to travel, mm-hmm. um, get women to, to pole dance. I'm going to start an online membership for it, actually, um, because there are, you know, there's just people that I cannot reach. Yeah. And I want to be accessible to everybody. So starting an online membership uh, with whole tutorials and giving tips for like hair and then mm-hmm. giving tips on nutrition because that degree back there. Right. That's still hanging <laughs> you know, on the shelf. Still yeah. Hanging, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and then just that part of it and probably some kind of nonprofit somehow, mm-hmm. some way. It's like, it's here. It's just not I haven't like taken the, I haven't dreamt big on it yet, yeah. but it's still the dream of um, getting young, like black girls to dance, not pole dance. <laughs> Let's be clear. And that could be dance. a little controversial. Right. Mm-hmm. Not pole dance, but just like self-awareness and self-love and teaching mm-hmm. that through movement, through dance. Um, yeah. Cause that's when I knew I started to fall in love with who I was, mm-hmm. was through my movement and through that. So 
Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of great things on the It's horizon. a lot. Will I have a studio base one day? Mm-hmm. Maybe, because I'm also an acupuncturist. Um... And just have like a holistic like wellness of mm-hmm. acupuncture and pull and movement and all of that stuff. Maybe. And let me ask this question. Does pull help with physical ailments? Absolutely. Ooh. I think it's I think the mental of it mm-hmm. does, because if you feel good, you know, you, you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the strength of it, the the exercise part of it, the core building of course, absolutely. I've had people that come in that are really, really stiff, you know, and they they start pulling and they start moving, movement, um, and they feel better. So, And I ask that question because it, it may be counterintuitive to some people who've done zero research that think, uh, I, you know, I can't bend like that or I have these issues or... People say this all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm not strong. And I'm like, well, no crap. You don't go to get your hair done with your hair already done. Right. You don't go to the gym already in shape to get, you know, so you don't take a pole dancing class thinking that you need the upper body strength already. Mm-hmm. It starts very basic. So you build that strength over time as long as you're consistent and as long as you are disciplined with it. Yeah, it's a building. It's a journey. So are there <laughs> beginner classes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh my God. Beginner, beginner, like beginner, mm-hmm. like walk around touch the pole. pole. Like, this is the first time <laughs> yeah. I'm touching a pole, like beginner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I teach a uh, beginner class all the time. They're actually one of my favorites to teach because mm-hmm. beginners are so like, this is amazing. You know? So yeah. Um, walking, taking a little dip, mm-hmm. doing a little body roll, you know, okay, all the of body roll. Things. I see. Yes. <laughs> so there are beginner classes. Beginner retreats. I'm having a beginner retreat next July for Black Girls Pole okay. in New York City. www.blackgirlspole.com. <laughs> you, you said it before I can Plug. even ask for it. Yes. yes. Instagram. It's all, it's literally Black Girls Pole everywhere. Plural. Not just one girl. Blackgirlspole.com. Black Girls Pole on Instagram. Black Girls Pole on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, I don't know how people keep up with every platform. I can't. Frankly. It's exhausting. So it, I was like, you is. should do Snapchat. I was like, you should shut up. <laughs> is Snapchat still a thing? I, I thought know. they like weren't yeah. relevant anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Me, me, well, I'm delayed on yeah, all fronts yeah, as when it comes to that. So it's bad. <laughs> so where can people find you personally as well? Online? Um, my Instagram is Delijah Amelia. So it's mm-hmm. D A L I J A H A M E L I A. It's my middle name, and then that's my email. I feel like that's my password. So it's like everything. I just said don't, that. Don't, I gotta go change that Don't now. tell them. That. I know. Please go home and, and change your password now. But Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Delijah Amelia and that's me on Instagram doing my poll stuff, doing my little travel stuff. So you're going to London going on to Tuesday London. to teach or? Yes. Okay. To teach. And then what else is on the immediate horizon? Nothing. I'm so happy mm-hmm. that this is like the last retreat. Then next year starts with like Cayman Islands, uh, Brazil. Okay. We're doing like everything. So it's mostly like early, early spring to like fall. I might do like an intensive, uh, just a weekend intensive in D.C., mm-hmm. maybe in like October. But yeah. And then I'm just kind of judging competitions like in Salt Lake City okay. and stuff like that. So I am for myself personally, I'm doing some of that stuff, but um, that's about it. Well, I have to say that I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> at various points in this interview, which is always better than predictability. Yes. So thank you. Yes. Thank you <laughs> so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you. And you just got bubbly energy, which is good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
Thanks. (laughs) So to our listeners, make sure you check out Delijah online. Um, If you're interested in venturing into this space, don't don't be scared. Check it out. Black Girls Poll. Check it out. Listen, we 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 can have diverse interests as well. Absolutely. Don't let people judge you. I I, I can't wait to hear what some of the older folks have to say on this episode. (laughs) Be kind. Be kind. Um, DeMarcus is like, yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, in any case, yes, make sure like, share, subscribe this episode, follow Delijah, follow December 26er. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thoval. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.